Hey everyone, you're listening to How's the Climate, your Richmond Hill-based podcast focusing on bringing climate awareness and education to Richmond Hill residents. I'm Romina, and today I will be speaking with Arta and Sherwin from Future Majority. We're so excited to have you guys. How are you doing today? We're doing pretty good. Thank you so much for asking. Um, for myself, like I'm super excited to be on here because personally, I've always been super interested in um, climate, the climate crisis and what we can do as youth. So yeah, we're, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, I'm super pumped. I'm super into the work that you guys do. And I think you're doing a great job. I'm really excited. Great. Thank you guys so much. Right back at you guys. So we're going to jump right into it, if that's okay. Firstly, we, the Making Waves team, would love it if you could tell us and our listeners a little bit about Future Majority. Of course. So Future Majority is a national, nonpartisan, nonprofit organization by youth for youth. Our goal is to amplify the concerns of like young Canadians so that every Canadian politician uh, and candidate and party is an advocate for youth priorities. Young Canadians, well, specifically millennials and Gen Zs, uh, we actually make up over 40% of eligible voters. That's like the largest voting bloc in the country. But still, like politicians think they can ignore young people and our concerns. Now, in the next four years, Future Majority will make sure that every politician understands that ignoring the largest voting group will be at their peril. So when politicians, leaders, candidates, platforms, and policies reflect the priorities of us young Canadians, millions more will enter the democratic process. We need to basically disrupt the typical politician's calculus on which demographics to court when it comes to election time. And given our limited time and resources, we focus on getting more young people to vote in writings that are most likely to be decided by small vote margins by any major party. So about like a thousand new youth voters in a close writing will turn the heads of every politician running for office. And in a safe writing where the likely vote margin could be you know, 15,000 or 20,000 votes, will just be noise. So basically, like over the last two decades, who forms government in Canada has often been decided by less than 20 seats. Now, 30,000 new youth voters across 30 ridings can make more difference than we actually believe. So that's our main goal, just to get our get some noise and get our voices out there. Yeah, like Sherwin said, we're basically trying to bring youth together to vote. We want to make, like Sherman said, like make noise. We, we just want to get our voices heard because of the fact that usually youth don't vote for whatever reason. Our, what we want doesn't really get translated into actual, you know, legislation and stuff like that. So we just want, as future majority, we want to get youth together um, as the biggest voting bloc to actually make a difference um, by choosing who we want to actually vote. Essentially, we're just tired of being overlooked. We're tired of always being deemed by the older generations as, oh, too young to be talking about politics. You know, politicians, in a sense, should feel intimidated by our power if they really want to stay in office. Yes, I definitely agree with that. And that's so inspiring that you guys are doing that and trying to make that noise. I think it's very important for youth to be vocal. Um, do you guys feel that enough youth talk about the issues we're facing today? Honestly, I think we are far from, far from where we should be in our um, pursuit you know, for power, for, for you know, youth voices. 
Um, actually, recently I had joined this one uh, town hall or this one um, accountability group for the riding of Richmond Hill Aurora and Oak Ridges. And I noticed when I was there, I was the only person of my generation, of my age group who had attended. And now this was open to the entire general public. It just goes to show that young people, young Canadians are not joining in on the conversations that matter most. Yeah, I definitely think um, there's a long way to go. I think we're like, we're like the turtle in the race. Slowly but surely, we're going we're gonna to make it. We're going to win. And I think social media has been a huge help for that. Um, because these days on social media, anybody can have an opinion and that opinion can gain and amass so much support so fast. Yeah, I think the power of social media has really helped make our mission a lot easier. Also, I feel like with social media also comes youth becoming more comfortable with just only using social media. I feel like it's also, like Sherwin said, really important to show out like during election time, like coming out and you know, during protests, during anything that people believe in, I think it's really important to go, you know, get out of the house, you know, do what you can, even at home, doing what you can, can mean social media. But I also think it's important to actually go out and vote and to register to vote and meet all, meet the youth that you're voting with, that you're fighting with for what you believe in. Uh, There's actually a really um, great quote. Uh, I think it's by Pat Mitchell that I tend to think about in these moments. It's like, when if we don't vote, we are ignoring history and giving away the future that we want. So that just should in words show you and put in perspective just how important voting actually is. Yes, definitely. And I think we underestimate our own voices. Yeah, 100%. And I believe we have to keep uplifting. Um, young innovators and and voice just so people can see that like you know it's not impossible because I know a lot of us probably want to make change and we just never know where to start but when we see all these new stories and new people who are changing the world and changing society we need to uplift them and amplify their voices you have a voice and some people don't yeah I just really want you to know that what what they have like inside they should really use it in their voice they should project it out so that everyone else can hear and like politicians can hear and I just want you to know that their voice really does matter and yeah like you said Romina like use it for people who don't have a voice yes exactly that's great thank you so much for adding that um I know you guys emphasize a lot um on voting and getting the youth involved um our next question for you guys is are there any other topics that you would like to add to that that future majority focuses on So yeah, we actually have five pillars that we focus on um, in our campaign. Um, So our pillars are mental health, climate change, democracy and polarization, racial justice and economic issues. So basically this campaign this season was mainly focused on mental health, just because um, we feel that it's been greatly amplified by the pandemic as like, I'm sure we we all can relate to, you know, the pandemic has really brought out that issue. And yeah, we were actually able to form 25 riding teams with hundreds of members to focus on the mental health pillar um, and to really um, raise mental health awareness, talk to politicians about it. And we picked mental health because we also believe that most issues are interconnected. Like, um, in my opinion, there's no way to talk about one issue without it relating to another or, um, you know, like it tying into each other. So 
most issues are intersectional in our opinion. So we feel like mental health does, you know, involve um, racial justice or climate change, democracy, economic issues. We believe that they all are encompassed in it, but we mainly focus on mental health this um, this campaign because of everything that has happened with COVID. And yeah, we mainly want to get youth voices heard on what they want to see in politicians and legislation. So what we would want actually does get translated into laws and such. And mainly this campaign, we wanted to push for, you know, again, like um, mental health being treated just like physical health and OHIP and stuff like that. And like different accounts that would get um, people who can't afford mental health um, for that to be available to them more readily. So yeah, we focus on a range of topics, but um, specifically for this campaign, we did focus on mental health. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's so important right now, especially with the pandemic. As humans, we're social beings and social creatures. So I think it's great that you guys um, have that as one of your initiatives. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, I 100% agreed with everything that you and Arda had just said. And I also want to point out that people tend to forget, like, I guess the media from the beginning when the pandemic was first announced, likes to always paint this picture that COVID is some big equalizer, that it has almost like even the playing field for everyone, that we're all going through the same thing. You know, this is affecting everyone. And while it does affect everyone, it doesn't affect everyone to the same magnitude and not everyone reacted to the pandemic in the same way. And that is, you know, based on different economic backgrounds, that is based on different racial backgrounds, um, that is also based on the, you know, climate change, which we've obviously seen for years, is ever changing, but it's continuously gotten worse and it affects different parts of the world in different ways. And that's my thing is like mental health, it's, you can't have one cookie cutter formula for mental health that's gonna work on everyone. That's just never gonna work because no one is the same. No one experiences mental health the same way. That's why we like to look at mental health through this intersectional lens, like Ardo was saying. And we do recognize that all these different issues, democracy, racial justice, climate change, economic issues, they all have underlying impacts and effects on the bigger umbrella term and bigger umbrella topic that is mental health. So I think that's the biggest thing that we should be taking away from this pandemic, that not everyone is experiencing this the same. And we should uh, recognize that and respect that and provide the proper services and resources to these different people so that they can have attention and care to their issues. Great. Thank you so much. I agree 100% with everything you just said. Could you each tell us a bit about why and and how you got involved with Future Majority. What was the driver for you guys to get involved? Of course. Um, we're getting a, little, getting a little personal in here. Um, <laughs> mental health has been something that has affected me for years. It, it affects everyone. And I, my journey with mental health, let's, let's call it a journey, actually started when I was about 11. So I am an out and proud gay man. I can say that. I mean, I was, I, I was born this way. I can't, I can't change that. But I first started to realize that I was gay in around like the fifth grade. And then around sixth grade, you know, that's when people start to turn heads. And I started to get criticism and I started to get bullied for it when I wasn't even fully out at that point. And that in turn, in, in many words, shortened forms, 
that in turn led to a whole lot of internalized homophobia, a lot of self-hatred, which continued to grow and grow and grow over the years. And, you know, coming from a background that is Middle Eastern, especially from a country, you know, such as Iran, where you can still be penalized by death for being gay. It was a little bit harder for me to confide in or connect with even my own family. It's gotten better over time, but hey, uh, it, it, you know, it really led to many years of me growing and growing to hate myself, which did not lead me down the best path. But going into high school, I developed you know, better friendships. I developed better connections. I really learned because it's kind of like a domino effect. You know, you start by coming out to one person you really trust and that in turn, you know, creates that butterfly and domino effect of being able to come out to the next person, the next person. And I, I, I learned to trust people again. I learned to be able to confide in people again and find that those safe spaces for myself. Just as you can see, like mental health, I've, I've gone through this whole journey of like, hating myself, to hating myself even more, to, you know, wanting to love myself again and finally getting back to the point of loving myself. And I always thought, you know, I wish I had a role model like myself that I could have looked up to when I was 11. And so I really wanted to be that voice for change, you know, for people going through similar struggles. And obviously I, I definitely had it maybe a lot better than most. Um, there are, you know, queer individuals who, you know, are homeless, they're getting kicked out by their families, they're, they're, they're never accepted by their communities. And that is so terrible to see. So I want to be that voice, I want to be that driving force, create better opportunities for queer individuals. I really want to be that help for them and that role model and that light um, at the end of the tunnel for them so that I can lead them onto a better path than my 11 year old self so yeah, that's why I saw Future Majority and I saw, you know, so this is by people like me, for people like me. So I know it's going to actually, you know, take into account what my needs are. It's actually going to want to listen to what my voice is. Because a lot of the times our, our youth voices are overlooked. They're overpowered by, you know, the older generations who kind of just want to use us as a marketing tool. That's usually what our faces and our voices are used as these days. And so when I saw, you know, I might actually have some power in who goes into office and what they actually fight about and they might actually start to care about what I care about. I thought, you know what, this is my opportunity. I'm going to seize it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to see where it leads me. And I think it's definitely been very rewarding. Wow. I think it's very brave that you're sharing that with all of us right now. Um, and I'm sorry for the way that you were treated and our listeners are going to be em emotional too. And like you said, now you can be that role model that you needed and you're doing that by being in future majority so i think that you turned it into a really positive thing and and that's great that's amazing and very inspiring so thank you for that so i just want to commend sherwin of course and also you romina for everything you guys do first of all thank but thank you yeah so um personally for me i've always had in like my family history we've had like different mental health issues but personally i started feeling it pretty early on because of different you know factors growing up and I mainly struggled with confidence so feeling like you know um, I was comfortable in my own body comfortable in my own mind and especially during the pandemic um, obviously we all feel that we've all struggled in a certain amount 
obviously that can bring on struggles with confidence. And I, it was easy for me to start, you know, nitpick at myself, just not being satisfied with the work I'm doing, like feeling like I'm not doing enough. I started talking to others that may feel the same, same as me. And also um, it was important to me to kind of understand the privilege I have to like even reach out. And I realized that I really want to use any power I have to help other people and my helping anyone, no matter how small, can start to make a big impact, you know, like ripple effect. Like, you know, any anyone you can help is super important. And I also found it really, really helpful to realize that So many other people feel the same. Like, I feel like it's really easy to feel alone, especially in the pandemic. And that brought me to want to join Future Majority to try to gain mental health care for youth and also racial justice, stuff like that, which I'm really super interested in. So I saw Future Majority as a way, like Sherwin said, to get my voice heard, you know, be a role model, stuff like that. And I felt like it was really a great opportunity to kind of, to kind of reach out to youth, get us all together to speak about you know, things that we actually really care about. Thank you for getting so personal with us and sharing your personal experiences. Did you find that when you were alone, you could kind of confide in maybe your peers as future majority or anything like that? I think more so it gave me like an outlet to focus what I was feeling into work and like helping people. Um, Our team was absolutely amazing. I love, of course, Sherwin, of course, like we had a lot of regional directors. They were amazing. Um, But yeah, I think it was mainly getting to focus what I feel out onto work that actually really matters and also realizing that people did feel the same as me. Like we had a lot of um, talks about, of course, mental health, like our campaign, just sharing, talking to people. It's really, it's really, really refreshing to see that people are going through the same things and you're not alone in what you're feeling. And also being grateful for maybe um, being able to help other people, being grateful to Um, be where you are you know and like the and like we're in a pretty like fairly um, good in healthcare, you know in Canada and but also realizing the stuff that the work that needs to be done to get mental health care as as like prioritized as physical health so yeah I think future majority was an amazing way to kind of like you said confide in people that are kind of on the same journey as you and trying to help other people in the same way. I mean, we've had the best team. She had mentioned our regional directors. and I could not agree more. They have been just so incredible. Any help we've needed over this campaign, they were always so quick to respond, so quick to reach a handout and help. They would almost like drop everything and be like, what do you need? You need to do this X, Y, Z? Okay, we'll be there. They have just been so incredible. Um, and we've had some really deep talks because in a, in a work environment, in a campaign, you know, you expect it to be constantly, you know, super professional, work heavy, always focused on work, 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 work. But no, they really personalized it. They, they almost like humanized the campaign, you know, a little more. And that's what I love so much about Future Majority is that although we're professional, although we get the work done, we don't lose that essence of fun. We don't lose that essence of friendship, camaraderie. Like we really are not just building connections on a professional level, but we're building connections for life. And that's what I, I love about every single team member on Future Majority, whether in my own writing or that I've met through other writings as well. Okay, that was great. Thank you. Um, and I think it's great that you both turned your personal struggles into something positive. So we are running out of time. Being a climate change podcast, uh, we were curious to know 
if the topic of climate change um, had ever come about at Future Majority? Um, and are there any thoughts you would like to share on this topic? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, like I said before, like, I believe many issues are intersectional, like most issues, I think, are intersectional. Uh, like we said, you know, mental health can be super intersectional with climate change. So um, I saw I saw an overlap for sure when we were um, looking into our mental health campaign. I have noticed a lot of people, a lot of young people have climate anxiety. And this can, of course, um, lead to many other stress disorders. Um, and we see more and more how many people are um, concerned about climate change and have uh, climate anxiety. And I think that's why it's super important for us to get together and vote to get politicians to prioritize our concerns. Um, I think this is the best way to um, address climate anxiety. Of course, it's super different for a lot of people. And I know um, many people I've talked to um, over the years about climate change, they also feel a great sadness about it. They feel a lot of anxiety about it. So I think it's super important to come together and bring that up to politicians. I feel like um, climate change is now just starting to kind of make it into politicians' priorities. And I think that's also mainly because of social media and like what youth are, um, that youth are starting to speak up. But I still think we, we can make a lot more noise um, about climate change since, you know, we don't have a lot of time, you know, we can't just keep on um, acting the same way on the planet, on the planet that we've been given. So yeah, I think it's really important for youth, especially since we are going to be living in this, you know, world that um, the older generation has put out for us. I think it's really important to come together to speak about climate change and climate anxiety. And I know that most of us want to do something, but um, don't, don't know how to. So I think it's really important to vote, um, getting our voices heard on our worries about the climate and that way we can um, go like speak about things like clean energy, decreasing oil pulling, you know, deforestation, stuff like that, so that we can put it into real law and real legislation and get politicians to really speak about it. Yeah, like as just to add on to that, I mean, it just goes to show how our like different pillars continue to intertwine. I mean, taking like economic issues, for example, I just as this climate change continues to intensify, I mean, so will extreme weather conditions, you know, displacement, like not to be morbid, but death and like economic ruin. So if politicians really, um, you know, want to make proper change and, and it's, it's sad to say, but I mean, money and the economy really does make society go round in the capitalist society that we live in. Um, so if they don't, if, if they want to avoid that, and again, they want to stay in office. They've got to listen to us. They've got to listen to science. They've got to listen to youth advocators for climate change because nothing else matters if the, we're going to continue to abuse the land that we live on. So I think climate change is a huge factor. And I do think that Future Majority is making that effort to combat that. Great. Thank you guys so much for sharing your insights on that topic. Um, and thank you guys so much again for joining us today and sharing all of this information with our listeners. We're just going to wrap up our session today. Thank you guys again. We were so happy to have you guys on today's episode. 
And that concludes today's episode. We will see you next time here on How's the Climate. This podcast is brought to you by Making Waves, a Canadian youth team based in the GTA, focused on bringing climate education to Richmond Hill. We are past participants in Youth Challenge International's Innovate My Future program and are supported by Evergreen Canada and Resilient Richmond Hill. Thanks to Joshua Chang for our music and Matthew Wong for our content. Our team includes Lucy Mao, Matthew Wong, Emiko Wijasandura, and me, Romina Mertash. Catch you next time.